0: listening to the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin and uh, I'm getting quite fed up with this whole coronavirus and the quarantine. You know, I'm I'm a homebody and uh, I like keeping to myself anyway, but it's kind of enough is enough at this point. Um, started to sort of get under my skin this week, but it's important that everybody does as much as they can to keep everyone else safe, keep everyone else healthy. I hope you've been able to cope, uh, in the best way you can. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just good to keep yourself, you know, entertained through all this. I think I've been watching the tiger King documentary. That's, that's a whole thing, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just hope everybody out there is hanging in there. Um, it's not going to be forever. I think what we've done so far has, uh, hopefully done a lot to help curb the worst of stuff. And yeah, um, so for this episode of the podcast, I'm talking with um, frequent guest Alex Kessler. His music project is a part of, and uh, you can check out alexkessler.com if you want to see more of that. He also uh, is very active on Instagram. Um, He has a lot of cool tunes. It's very, very psychedelic. It's kind of uh, my level of psychedelic taking a couple steps further, but uh, it's really... um, lovingly made stuff. He's, he's a great singer and keyboardist, and uh, I think there's definitely a lot of commonalities between the, the two of our styles. So he is talking to me about Niagara Moon's album launch, Fuzzy Thinking. We are just a couple weeks away at this point, basically. If you have not signed up yet, definitely go to freeniagramoonalbum.com and get in while you can. This album, Fuzzy Thinking... I definitely feel it's it's our strongest, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot going on behind it. So I really get to explore all that in depth with you through this uh, exclusive experience, and it's free. Um, so we're going to get into that and some other stuff. Uh, just me and Alex. Let's do it.
1: So how have you been holding up, Thomas?
0: Uh, I've been okay. All things considered, I haven't uh, haven't freaked out too much. At least so far. You know, you, you can only worry so much when your your job is to basically lie around your house and just entertain yourself for an unknown number of weeks. Do you grocery shop adequately?
1: <laughs> like I eat almost all just like raw fruits and vegetables. So I kinda have to shop every like four days. Mm. You know, I live alone. I don't live with anyone. There's there's something there's something to be said for people who live alone during this time. Um, my heart goes out to you if you don't live alone uh if you don't mind, I'm gonna hang on to my heart uh I think you're fine without it, but <laughs> if you have kids like young kids during this time, my heart goes out to you, and i will i and if you see me, I would also give you a sympathetic facial expression, actually, not even sympathetic. I would give you an empathetic facial expression one further. <sighs> yeah yeah I really <laughs> kick it up a notch yeah yeah it's
0: um you know in my case like we were kind of talking about i was working from home i'm kind of a homebody anyway i'm never kind of bored I, i'm not struggling to figure out what to do with my time it is yeah a bummer that when you do want to go out and be with people or see friends i think is, is the hardest part that you're just you really got to keep yeah. it to yourself but i i do live with my girlfriend and you know, so that's great. I always have somebody to, to talk to and connect with, and we're uh, taking care of my parents' dogs still, so I have a reason to go out and walk them. And, you know, so I'm, we're hanging on pretty well so far. But uh, really just it's a matter of if things get a lot worse or not. So it's just the, the apprehension there. But, you know, otherwise I just I kind of consider myself lucky, and I, I figure a lot of other people have it harder than, than I do at this time.
1: That's a good perspective. A very level-headed perspective. I-, I think I have it the worst of anyone. Um, so no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> like, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, do you ever have moments of like, sort of like panic where you're like, uh, was that a coronavirus bodily sensation? No, I, I'm not worried
0: about getting really sick myself, especially because I know I've been able to quarantine so much and just keep away from any kind of hazardous situations. I'm not really worried about my own health, but I do acknowledge there is a chance I could have it right now and just not know at all. I could be asymptomatic and just, right. I do not want to give it to my parents or anybody else. So that's kind of the most, so that's the whole kind of worry of it is what if I enable somebody else to really get afflicted and, and make somebody else sick? So that's Right. But, you know, then you just kind of keep to yourself and you just got to wait this thing out.
1: If I, like, on weeks that I don't have work, like if I have the week off for vacation, I get, I just, like, spend all my time doing music. But it, it sounds like you're, like, really efficient. You you said that it didn't take you that much time to to make an album,
0: I mean, it took me over a year, but that would be in little stretches at a time. Like, you know, two hours here, wait a few days, another hour there. Uh-huh. Maybe you know, once every two weeks, get a nice three-hour session. But um, so my way of making music at this point is not like hold yourself up for two or three weeks and all you're doing is music. And right, it's it's a very kind of it's a little methodical. Frag- it's well, it's methodical, just out of necessity but it's kind of fragmented it's like
1: yeah yeah
0: so with this latest album fuzzy thinking kind of the the um the core of my process like the thing i kept coming back to was i have access to this studio space my mixing engineer friend grant wicks i have access to his studio and i can record vocals in there or songwriting there on the on the upright piano i had access to that space one or two nights a week. And so I always had that as my stable, like going in there every, okay, you know, what am I going to do with my time there this week? Am I going to focus more on new songs? Am I going to record vocals? Am I going to record harmony for those vocals? So it was like, if nothing else, I had that time every week. And then there would be a while where I'm waiting to have a drummer record, and I can't do anything else on a song until I get drum tracks so i kind of go off from that for a while but then i do get the drum tracks so then i have a concentrated weekend where i rec- i record the bass then and i record most of the keyboard it was right. it was like drip and drabs and kind of stops and starts and it was very spread out over the course of like uh you know basically the whole time since i released the last ep Fuss budget
1: i know exactly what you mean um by one thing that you said and the thing that you said was that you have particular you have a particular period of time blocked off yeah. each week mm-hmm. um, that you have to, like, do something within. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I relate to that because um, I used to, when I was in, when I used to be in college, um, I would have to go to the music building yeah, to, like, play piano and write songs. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it in my, uh, my dorm room because I'm not an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, and I went I went there and I found that when you're in a space and you kind of like can't leave yeah. and get up and like do something else, then you then it like forces you to, to be um productive. It does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was really appreciating having that with this whole album and the whole process versus like if you go back to um say the second or even the first album uh I didn't have a structure like that it was I mean I still do most of what I do in my little home studio environment but to have that second space to kind of you know go back and forth and and bounce between that um I really think helped me that was a, bit, a big part of the whole thing
1: Absolutely um so so that year um has culminated in something really amazing
0: <laughs> yeah i guess maybe a long time coming i maybe a lot of other artists take two or three years to, to put an album together but um yeah i i finished uh the last tp fuss budget um finished working on the music for that in like mid 2018 and uh what are we year and a half later and i finally got uh yeah a, a 10 song full-length album raring to go i would definitely say my most methodically constructed like my most kind of carefully produced uh release so far i'm kind of uh definitely at this point building off of like prior experience and prior knowledge like putting a song together and recording and things are kind of uh right. coming to a head for sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah um i i was alerted that you were finished with your album and that you also had some cool giveaways um yep. Cause, cause, cause I'm subscribed to your uh, mail, your email list. You are. I've, I, I find it, I find it very helpful to like, to be subscribed to that list for news. Um, cause when I saw that you were, were releasing this album, um, I kind of <laughs> snuck into your DMs and I was like, let me hear, <laughs> let me hear a little bit of it. Yeah, um, I gave
0: you a little sample.
1: Yeah. You gave me a little sample. I will say folks, uh, if you are a fan of Thomas's music, which I don't imagine why you wouldn't be if you've heard it, um, but <laughs> I, I will say the new album sounds amazing. It sounds pristine. It's like, oh my god! I, I don't want to give too much away, but like the arrangements are so expansive and beautiful. Where they are expansive and where they're more stripped down, they're just like pristine. Like every like instrument is just like I can hear it in its in its own particular space which is a sign of a great mix. So, yeah, I'm really excited to hear the rest.
0: Thanks, dude. Yeah, I uh, appreciated your your good words so far. Yeah, I definitely have uh, kind of hit a point where I'm not so much experimenting as much as I used to. I mean, even up until just a couple of years ago, I feel like I didn't know what I really gravitated towards the most, and I try so many different kind of styles. Right. And I always feel felt kind of a compulsion to try something totally different song to song right. and oh my now
1: God. yes like, I keep, keep going yeah
0: now it's like uh you know i still have kind of eclectic tastes and eclectic sensibilities but i kind of know where my strengths lie and really what i'm going for and yep. more or less how i'm going to consistently achieve that and i just kind of just go straight to it at this point
1: wow yes I could not have put it better myself. I, I It's so funny because I've arrived at like a similar um, kind of, I don't want to say plateau, but I, I've arrived at a similar oasis. Um, there you in go. In terms of like, yeah, <laughs> right? More, more positive way to put it. Um, in terms of my own perception of my sound and my ideology with regards to like what my sound is. Yeah, with a part um, of. Yep, like, um, yeah. Because I was jumping around and, you know, I was doing one song was like a a metal influenced kind of like with chugging guitar. Another one was this stripped down like acoustic song. And, you know, I was jumping around so much stylistically. I I had no idea what I wanted to do. And in fact, maybe a better way to put it instead of saying I had no idea what I wanted to do would be. Too many things you wanted to, to do. Yeah. I wanted to do everything. Um, I recently realized just, just through, like, maybe, like, finally listening to what everyone had told me for 15 plus (laughs) years, like, um, that, like, my wheelhouse is stripped down, ocean flowing, floating over sand dunes, kind of, like, arrangements where the, the piano acts as this, like, um, engine that kind of brings you forward and up and down and then the vocals soar with the piano and it's just kind of this you know um sort of intense piano vocal arrangement nothing quiet or or or, or it, like stripped down doesn't mean you know less intense and more quiet um but i funnel all my intensity into very few instruments piano and vocals all that is to say that i realized after listening to nick drake's pink moon i can make a song amazing and intense and expansive and powerful without using a huge arrangement you know nick drake's album pink moon taught me that because it was so because it's so powerful and um so every time i you know sit at my computer and think what should my arrangement be i think wd what would nick do Oh, what w nick w- do? and WWMD. what would nick do
2: <laughs>
0: okay yeah that's <laughs> yeah. that's a whole different paradigm the the nick drake approach there's barely like two or three instruments at a time on on pink Moon. right yeah right yeah it's, it's almost always one yeah it's um so if you're somebody who uh you know you think you want a big sound and especially with digital recording Technology, you have all the sounds of, of the world at your fingertips. If you tool around enough, you do kind of quickly realize you hit a wall and yep. there's diminishing returns. A um, hundred different sounds isn't going to necessarily sound any more impressive than ten yes. or yes. than six. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not about the number of, of busy things. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a different place. And I would definitely say with the songs for Fuzzy Thinking, you know, a big thing I was doing now was one instrument at a time, one kind of part of the song at a time. And I'd only go up until it felt full. I kind of wouldn't, I just, I go by instinct and I really wouldn't have expectations for it being any, you know, certain number of tracks or number of instruments or. Mm-hmm. whatever it's it's like i i would develop the core of the song and the heart of the song you know usually at this uh studio space i mentioned and it's it's whatever kind of could glom onto that and then as soon as i just built it up enough t- for it to feel like its own world you know that was enough and that being said there are still a couple songs on the album with like you know yeah. 45 different <laughs> tracks but it's yeah it's still um you know, it's moment to moment in that case.
1: Right. If that makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. That does make sense. And certainly I don't wanna um come across like I'm saying that, you know, the better the, the more stripped down you go, the better. That's not what I'm saying. And I know you don't think that's what I'm saying, but still, for listeners I wanted to clarify. Um, like I, I think that there is something to be said for what you just said, Thomas, about using your intuition with regards to um not only you know, I, f- I feel like a lot of people that are songwriters, of course, use their intuition for coming up with melodies. And, you know, is this melody good? Is this melody compelling? Does it feel compelling? Well, you should also use the same sort of feeling um, for, gauging whether, for gauging whether you need to add instrumental parts. Because, you know, I feel like a lot of people have this ideology of like, oh, you know, let's make a rock arrangement. Two guitars, bass, maybe a synth, drums, vocals. You don't always need all those. What I'll do is like I'll come up with like the bass, the bass line sort of instrumental part for me, because my main instrument is piano, it'll be piano. And I'll sing over that. So I'll record piano and vocals. And then I'll listen to it and I'll think, What am I hearing in my subconscious? that is not present in the recording that i have i'll think and i'll mm. hear mm, right a- and i'll hear like this little like hmm sometimes i hear like oh like a bass more bass there sometimes that, and but that bass isn't always in the song like sometimes that bass is just like sometimes even just like a period of 10 measures at like minute 10 needs like that bass and none of the other none of the other part of the song so if you're listening to a song only pay attention to does this very instance of the song need anything
0: yeah yeah going by by feel a lot more and and kind of if one moment of the song you feel calls for something and you put it in right you don't have to feel obligated to have it anywhere else in the song even if you go through the trouble of like setting up a certain you know sound setting or dialing in a certain instrument tone or whatever if it just if it's good in one place in the song and doesn't need to be anywhere else that's totally valid and i i think that just adds all the the more dynamics to a song amen yeah for sure
1: amen amen
0: um now in your own stuff i mean aside from arrangement and production and kind of those musicological kind of music nerd specific concepts are are you finding any kind of shift or change in kind of your overall themes or mood or
1: that's a very good question um when I first started writing I think thematically you know when I was in college when I was sort of more wayward you know I feel like a lot of people have some tough years when they're in college like you know they say the the freshman 15 you know the freshman 15 is is exemplary of of a sort of like ethos of what college is it's like People sort of like have this unfettered, these unfettered pleasure seeking behaviors like, you know, they'll just like go to the dining hall and just eat eat ice cream at, at, you know, late at night, um, you know, take like 10 slices of pizza back to their dorm. Like because of dining hall plans, because of meal plans and because everybody's drinking and doing drugs and stuff, it, it, it can lead to a very like unhealthy lifestyle being in college. And so I feel like I felt I fell into that with a few different vices. Um, and I feel like that led me to kind of write some, some darker songs, maybe during that period, some very like strange, like sort of like psychedelic and strange songs that where, where I listen now and I'm like, Oh, that's a little concerning. Like that <laughs> vibe. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like a very strange, sick vibe, but it was very beautiful too. And then, you know, I sort of like came out of that, like hedonistic college lifestyle the more regimented and healthy I get in terms of how I I live my life and, um, and stuff like my songs are sort of like less like desperate almost. And they're more like centered. So my friend described the sort of like pain songs in a certain way, the songs that come from pain, he described them as open wounds, which I think is a beautiful way to put Mm. like very emotional like, songs that come from a place of desperation. I feel like I write fewer songs that are open wounds um, and more that are more playful and interesting and sort of introspective and intense, but not ones that belie or suggest that I'm... In crisis. Yeah, in crisis, yeah. Which... Uh, to be honest with you, I like songs best when they're open wounds. Um so <laughs> kind of Yeah,
0: it's hard to live like that though. You gotta it is. You gotta as if you're making that kind of stuff as a musician, you gotta like live that energy and it's right. people who do that are pretty tortured usually. Yes. <laughs> Nick and you Drake, can't live example. like that
1: for long. Yeah, Nick Drake is a good example. You can't live that way for long. Um this goes back to something that you said a little earlier about how that you realize that you have the capability now to make a song what you want it to be. I have that capability now as well. I'm realizing that there are crucial components of, of making a good uh, part of song that I've neglected in the past. And I know what they are, and I will never not do that those things again. <laughs> what are those things for you? So
0: yeah, my changes. I guess um I don't know if I ever had that open wound period in in my own songwriting cuz I'm just not really <laughs> it's kind of not how I'm built. It's just not really uh yeah, what I'm made of but you're made of closed wounds. <laughs> I uh I think I'm definitely I've been more well, it's it's kind of like so if you go if you go back to my previous releases. So uh like the last album, Back to Something New. I'm admittedly just kind of like all over the place. That was really my kind of trial and error period. And um each each song is kind of like pulling in some other completely different directions, So it's there's yeah. not really a ton of focus there. Still still some songs I'm really happy with. But um and then you have the E P fuss budget E P after that and that's really kind of maudlin all the way up and down yes. almost um that was somewhat intentional and this is um it is uh with each song i am trying to be thematically focused and intentional like i i'm now asking myself well what is this about here what am i trying to say what am i trying to express and having an easier answer than i have had before um without being too heavy-handed and too kind of you know down on my luck sort of vibe i'm i'm trying to mix in a wide spectrum of different perspectives and, um, you know, emotions, but then also just be kind of very clear what I'm doing too, song to song. So it's like uh, the diversity and the, uh, the focus together is, is something I'm kind of kind of pumped on at this point.
1: And is there a certain um, uniting factor, like some, something you're always going back to as being, I need to do this in these songs?
0: Well, I mean, the, the title album title kind of suggests like uh you know you're you're kind of frozen or you're you're a little stuck like on a problem or you're trying to figure something out and and uh it's you're you're fuzzy on it you need to kind of realize what's in front of you and kind of sharpen your perspective and kind of wake up and it's about kind of a lot of different people whether it's me or you know according to the narration of the song it's somebody else or whatever you know people in those situations that are trying to really come to grips and be be clear with themselves on what they're doing and, and what the way forward is. I think that was kind of a recurring motif. I mean, because that's just at this um, stage in your life, I mean, a lot of things are kind of coming to a head and you're more and more an adult and that's really kind of something you have to take on. Right. You know, responsibility, but also just, yeah, kind of clearing your head and, and not learning how to just focus on what's important and not getting uh distracted as much anymore. So I think, you know, things came to a head in that way, maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I feel like like just knowing you, um, I feel like that theme is especially applicable to you because um in my mind, you're definitely more of like a, a future vision plan. What do I need to do? What what is the ultimate design that I need to create in order to achieve a certain future goal. Like, a lot of people are not like that um, in general. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would like to think that they are, but I feel what, like... are they you... living in the
0: moment or something?
1: <laughs> I, I've i heard about this living in the moment concept. Um, I gave it a whirl back in, like, 2017. <laughs> it was pretty good, but it, it's kind of hard. <laughs> I, <laughs> but... But yeah, I feel like you're you're definitely like this like sort of calculating mastermind. So I definitely can. I'm not surprised that you would choose a theme like that.
0: Well, I don't even know if it's a matter of choosing it. I just, you know, when you're when I'm coming, you are it. It's kind of after the fact. Just okay, what are these bunch of songs True. I have here? What what's kind True. of a a reoccurring motif here? How, how can I really yep. sum this up if if I'm going to package everything together for an album and uh-huh. you know. It chose me more than this is like, this is the coolest thing ever if I decide it's this. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah.
1: You're, that's a great point. That's a great point. Almost all of my thematic um, designation that I do is made retrospectively. Um, like, it's very, you know, I feel like it's a little disingenuous to be like, I'm going to write an album like, well, maybe it isn't, you know, because some people write concept albums and it works, but I feel like. I feel like it's very, it's very genuine for like just the situation that you're describing to me right now is very genuine to me because, you know, you wrote a bunch of songs. They were what you felt you should write about. Each of them was a unique, you know, experience that you felt that should go into a song. And you're like sort of looking at them for commonalities after the fact, and, and you realize, hey, like they do fall into a theme. And I didn't even Purposefully engineer that theme. It it's genuine. It's even more genuine. Hopefully, uh, yeah. I'm glad it comes off that way. At least I. um, (laughs) Well, we'll see once we hear. (laughs) Because how
0: do you decide what a what the theme is? And it's kind of largely comes from what the lyrics are. And my thing with lyrics is, I try to sing them before I'm thinking about what I'm singing. That's that's a big thing for me. Is um, yes. If I sit down pen and paper and i'm not playing and i'm not vocalizing as i'm going through it's it's going to be way too in my head and analytical and so it's really it's a lot of these statements and these observations and these these moments that happen lyrically it's you know i didn't it it came to me before i was really uh recognizing it too much so All the more subconsciously driven, you could say.
1: Yes, dude, yes. Dude, my idea generation is also subconscious. And I, I think that this is... So I've been thinking about this lately. Subconscious idea generation. Yeah. And I've been talking to people, other songwriters, and I've been doing research. And... This does tie back into Jungian cognitive functions theory. This will be real quick. Episode 34
0: of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, This actually ties right back in. There is two cognitive functions that are of interest in this particular point I'm about to make. One is introverted intuition and the other is extroverted intuition. And extroverted intuition is from one experience comes many possibilities. And introverted intuition is the opposite. From many possibilities, from many experiences, comes one possibility. So it's contraction and expansion. Your, your and my dominant cognitive function as me and INFJ and you and INTJ uh, ha- both happen to be introverted intuition, which is from many experiences comes one possibility. We like to distill down the truth, find the patterns. Extroverted intuition is the opposite of that, right? As I just said. But we don't have extroverted intuition in our conscious stack of functions. We each have four functions that are conscious in nature and four that are not. And just take my word for it, extroverted intuition is subconscious for us. And so I'm you know I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking oh I guess that explains so so it's a uh, shadow functions theory that describes what role your subconscious functions each assume and um by shadow functions theory we we generate ideas subconsciously and I'm thinking oh my god this explains why when I'm writing a song my best ideas seem to come out of when I when I um relax my conscious control over the songwriting process. When when I think when, when I don't think, oh yeah, what would be a good chord to go through to go to next in terms of what would make sense? What would be uh, a good melody if I think of the notes, I, I pile them on top of each other. I I go, oh an ar- arpeggio might be a good idea here. You know, that can be a good approach if you are trying to organize a song. Certainly, like a song isn't all idea generation. It's also Right, you you you
0: generate the ideas, and then you got to do all the organization and the the left brain thinking later. But
1: exactly, yeah,
0: initially you um, you don't want to have any expectations.
1: I found that the best songs I've ever written, the the most interesting melodies I've ever come up with, were completely subconscious, and you know they just appear when I'm singing and playing. They they just are there, and like. I've talked to songwriters who do have extroverted intuition, idea generation, novel idea generation in their conscious stack of functions and they go that's not really how I do it. They go it's more of a conscious process for me. I I control what I'm I think I think what would be a good idea to go th- to a good direction to go in next then. Right. Um they d- it's not as improvisatory f- for them though though it is to a certain extent. Um it can look like improvisation from both perspectives, so so if you if you watch you know somebody with extrovert intuition writing a song and you watch somebody with without extrovert intuition writing a song, it could appear similar, but the cognitive processes could internally be different so
0: yeah well we we went deep for a couple minutes there I mean, <laughs> yeah
1: you really you know
0: your psychology and how it uh relates to creativity, it seems.
1: Yeah, dude, and and the funny the funny part is I know so much more about cognitive functions theory than I did uh, during the last episode that we did about. Oh boy, it. oh well, so, let's
0: let's not open that can of worms. No, I'm at I'm this not point. gonna like th- I said all I want to say. So. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that <laughs> yeah. that uh, you did make a good point there because I that is exactly it. as I take in kind of a million different pieces of uh, right? stimuli, and then yes. Yeah, it goes through a, a funnel at some point, I guess. Um, yeah, so putting this album together was—I I didn't get too stuck on anything. I would say I kind of—I let everything take its natural course, and I didn't rush any part of it. I didn't force it, and I am uh, pretty pretty comfortable with how how it all came out. And now I gotta—it's all about getting it out there and um, getting people to engage with it. So kind of my first foot forward is uh how I've done with some other releases is um an online interactive like tour through the song and each song has like a web page and I guess you've had some experience um checking that all out I I imagine
1: yeah I I love that I mean it's it just adds so much more dimension because you know a, a lot of um, to a song I mean with the dimension comment but a lot of things that i feel like like a lot of songwriters they'll release a song and they'll be like well it means what it whatever it means <laughs> and th- th- that's true that's true you can extrapolate you we all should extrapolate our own meanings from every song we we yeah. hear it's i true. also totally support that too i don't yeah. want to yeah restrict yeah, anybody I, I, right i support that too but i i, su- I also support like a, a multimodal approach like a, a dualistic approach of like you know you can come up with your own meaning and if you want you can also delve into what the songwriter is thinking because that's super interesting and it makes the song come alive in a way in in a way that it wouldn't have if you hadn't had access to that auxiliary information which thomas apparently is giving you which is cool yeah each song is going to
0: come with a lot of like uh, extra sort of multimedia content around it i mean besides the obvious uh you know, giving you the lyrics and, um, giving you a little blurb about the song, a little story, a little background, you know, there's going to be, uh, home studio performance videos that are only available on that page. Um, like alternate versions of the song and, um, certain other songs. I'll share like early versions of it or different kind of demo.
2: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Early demos of some songs and, um, I'll have uh, videos kind of showing like how I made it, like the different parts going on. I I, f- I figure different people are going to be interested in different things, so I'm really just kind of throwing a lot at the wall, you know, everything <laughs> I can and generate, and, and maybe everybody will have like kind of their uh, different favorite aspect of it. But yeah, really try to pack a lot in there.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's so much stuff. Like that's so cool to be able to hear like a home recorded live version. I mean, and to like read explanations. I mean, it's like you got video stuff, audio stuff, written stuff. I mean, come on. I feel like a lot of artists do this thing where they promote the album in a very cursory kind of way long before it comes out. Like they'll be like, like they'll announce they'll be like this is the album art for like our album that's coming out 3 years from now. I'm like okay. Like just got me like literally like that does First of all, I'm not. I'm saying you don't do that. That's going to be my my point that I come okay, to. Okay. All right. But like, like you know, they they, they stretch just, it out. Yeah, they stretch it out and they give nothing. You know, they give you they give you like you know album art and then they're like, you can now pre-order it. I'm like, cool. <laughs> um, <and> like, <laughs> but it seems like you're giving a lot more. So uh, the uh, uh, an artist has to sort of like. Well, it's prudent for an artist to promote their album before it comes out because they want to raise awareness, they want to um yeah. So, if you're going to raise awareness and advertise as an artist, give your fans something nice. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. That's what I say. Yeah. You're doing it a lot better than any artist I'm following. So.
0: Okay, man. Well, it's getting late. I probably got to sign off now, but thank you very much for joining me today. I'm glad you're uh sharing my in my enthusiasm to uh to get this
1: new album out there. Any parting thoughts? I'm always happy to join you. Honestly, I I would like to just encourage your listeners, like if you are a fan of Thomas, I heard a couple of the tracks from his new album. They're fucking amazing. Um like if you're like on the fence about whether you should check out his new album because I don't know, maybe you, you like kind of like his stuff and you're like, maybe, I, maybe I won't check it out. Maybe I will. You really should check it out.
0: Well, thanks again for, uh, for joining me in this. I look forward to, uh, getting the full album out there, getting your thoughts and everything. And, um, yeah, let's stay
1: safe. Yes. Thank you for having me and everybody. We're with you or we're, we're, we're with you and we love you. <laughs> Even though we don't know you, we love you. And so, Yep. All right, Thomas. Thank you. All right,
0: it's just me by myself again, and I'm going to play you one of the songs from the album in its entirety. Just give you a little uh, teaser of what's to come. So this song is called Snow Day.
2: See the road all...